So we're still on the Four Noble Truths, and we are up to um, the fourth. Uh, we are looking at the wisdom factors, um, right view, right intention, wise view, wise intention. This word right or wise, skillful, it's always about what is the attunement with a view, with an intention that actually allows a skillful opening uh, in the direction of the relief of suffering. Um, and again, I'm going to reference Jill Shepard's talk on Dharma Seed, uh, just because I just think that was a beautiful talk. And I'll put the link um, on the podcast this week as well. Uh, I put it there last week. Uh, and she's able to, to share a lot more about an aspect of this. Uh, then I have time here. So uh, if you want more, go look up that talk. So last week, we focused primarily on view, wise view, and looked at the metaphor of it as the map. And the map is only as good as it is put to use. If you just hang it on the wall, it's pretty decoration, but not really in service of life. So right intention is us making sure we're pulling the map off the wall, holding it in our hands and actively using it in our daily life. Right intention, the engagement with the map is the energy that we use to set us in the right direction. And according to Buddhist psychology, there are three basic intentions to follow, goodwill, compassion, and renunciation. Renunciation, that word is so loaded in our culture. Um, we'll talk about this a little more uh, in a bit, but I like, I personally um, find it easier to attune to the translation of letting go. There's some sort of opening in letting go that I don't have to fight my way through for quite as much as I do for renunciation. Um, so I encourage you to explore, you know, what words, um, what, how do you relate to these words and, and what ways are helpful? So these, these three basic intentions, goodwill, compassion, letting go, or renunciation, they're always informed by the wisdom of wise view. Um, they're always um, um, directed out of that view towards what um, relieves suffering, towards noticing what causes suffering and redirecting us in the path of what relieves suffering. And that suffering is both suffering um, that we cause internally to our own selves and suffering that we cause in the world and the relief of suffering that we can bring about internally and the relief of suffering that our being has to offer out into the world. There are three basic um, ways that wise intention is manifested. Um, uh, one is momentarily, and another episodically, and the third is globally. So momentarily, you know, that's just in the heat of the moment where suddenly I remember some, some strand of wisdom 
episodically. I actually managed to pull it off for a while. Globally, I'm in touch with my deepest core values and, and I'm feeling a connection um, with how I care about my whole life. And clearly when all three of these are in alignment together, that's the most powerful. So just to make this point again, this is not meant to be some sort of intellectual discussion or something to think on when you just have room for a contemplative space in your life. Um, I, I, I wrote that, that sentence and suddenly had a flashback of growing up and there were some Sundays in church where what I heard was profoundly beautiful and like really, really deeply touched my heart. And I would have these senses of, ah, this, this is what I want to carry into my week. And then I'd never think of it again until I was sitting back in church the next Sunday. So easy for mindfulness to be that same way. You know, I can think about it when I'm in the group and listening or have the Dharma seed going on, um, listening to the talk. But in the moment-to-moment -moment engagement of life, it's harder to pull it up. And there's some way that that's actually the practice, how to make it available in the moment to moment of our life. So I had a um, perfect example of this on Monday morning of this week. Um, Monday morning for me was one of those days. And I had to say, I don't think I've been this far down in the muck and mire of my own making in a long time. But oof, I, I sent myself kind of deep on Monday morning. Uh, and Aladane knows why I didn't have a YouTube that day. Um, so you know, kind of like being stuck. I mean, like literally deeply stuck. And of course, in being stuck, wanting all the wrong things to help me out of being stuck. Um, meaning those things that I knew wouldn't work. And I knew they wouldn't work because I'd had plenty of past experience with them not working. And I was actively trying them out on Monday morning and they really weren't working. So even knowing that they weren't going to work, there was still like this, this wanting of, of that stuff. So, you know, on Monday, I would have these glimpses of, I'm creating this suffering mess that I'm in, but they weren't enough to break the trance. The, the view wasn't strong enough to break the trance. It was almost like I could glance at the map and go, yep, there I am right in that pit. That, that's me right now. But I literally would not take the next step. In retrospect, I totally understand why. In those glancing moments, the only part of right intention that I was bringing to mind was renunciation. Was this idea, oh, if I was just being a good mindfulness practitioner, I would just let all of this go. And gosh darn it, I just didn't want to <laughs> in that moment. 
Um, it was, it felt like trying to put myself in some sort of straight jacket that, um, that I really didn't want to box myself in on. And then finally, I just had this beautiful moment with a momentary flash of the full right intention, not just renunciation, but goodwill, compassion. And as soon as I could remember, this is really about goodwill to my own self. This is really about compassion. Then a letting go naturally flowed out. I understood that sitting behind my computer and trying to do work that was not going to happen at that moment just needed to be switched up. So I went out, did errands that um, I was going to do in the afternoon got in the car, put on a Dharma seed talk, um, and started intentionally feeding myself, resolutely feeding myself um, goodwill and compassion. And the more I could connect with the goodwill and the compassion, the more the letting go, the renunciation was just obvious. It was a natural gift as opposed to a straight back jacket and a box that I was trying to lock myself into. It's kind of like this, this beautiful understanding that the muck really didn't feel good. And I wanted something better um, than that for that moment. So that momentary insight of uh, wise intention really led to a longer episode of taking care of myself that, that got me back in touch with larger global aspirations. And then that sense of feeling deeply connected to what I cared about, that like gave this sense of strength that reoriented my day, that reoriented um, how I wanted to be in the direction of the relief of suffering instead of the creation of suffering. So for me, this was an example how the relatedness of goodwill and compassion to renunciation, letting go, um, is fundamental. Um, it's really key to opening up in, in a freeing liberation um, as opposed to... Um, the should, I don't know about you, but for me, there was a real powerful, strong message of you should renunciate in order to be good that I, I um, ingrained in my being growing up. Um, and this is the liberating possibility um, instead. So the way the three work together, I have to say, that felt a little bit, you know, I was clear about the muck and the mud. Um, it felt a little bit about taking the time to put, you know, the tire spinning out in the mud and it's not going anywhere. And then you finally give up on that. You get out of the car and you go get handfuls of like rocks and sticks and things. And you take the time to put them under the wheel to give some traction to the car. And then when you get back in, you don't just drive off still. You like really slowly feel into this back and forth rocking um, that little by little by little, the tires kind of catch a little more and a little more, a little more 
until they finally they've they've got enough momentum um, that whew, you just drive right out of the mud. Um, and it's such a freeing sensation. So we can work with right intention in that same way of taking our time. You know, what is it that gives me a little more traction in this moment? How do I need to rock um, back and forth maybe between some goodwill and some compassion um, before I find that opening of letting go? Uh, and, and really not see this as a once and done, but as a real practice of patience, um, of finding what, what offers a little more relief moment by moment by moment. So right view makes clear the challenge on the map and right intention gives us the energy to meet the challenge. And these are meant to be engaged with in a very practical way in our day-to-day -day life. I like something else Jill Shepard said, never heard um, right intention translated as right resolve. Um, but she said for her uh, intention can be a little bit of a um, weak word. And, you know, like what's that saying? Um, um, the path to hell is, is paved in good intentions. Um, um, that it can be a word that's kind of doesn't have a strength to it. And so she really likes the word resolve. Um, I like the word intention personally. For me, it's, it's, it's a very helpful one. But I also like that strength of the idea of resolve, especially putting it together with these, these basic pieces of intention. What does it feel like to say to yourself, I resolve to meet myself with goodwill. I resolve, I am resolute about meeting myself with compassion. That's kind of an interesting um, um, sentence, at least for me, to, to work with. Um, it has this kind of powerful care in it that I really appreciate. And then the last thing I'm going to say about the renunciation, we could do, we could spend a lot of time on that. There's um, a lot to unpack around letting go renunciation that we just don't have time for. But um, I will say Jill Shepard in her talk um, goes much deeper into it in a way that I, I really appreciated. Um, so again, I recommend that talk if you want to hear more around um, kind of the trickiness of the word renunciation for us and how we, we set ourselves in alignment with it as an opening, not as a shutting ourselves into a box. I want to end with coming back to the metaphor um, I shared last week of the craftsperson and the artist. Um, my example on Monday for me was so much doing the work of the craftsperson, you know, learning the material of the mind, body, and heart, uh, and how to most skillfully work with it. The fourth noble truth, or the eightfold path, whichever way you want to call it, um, it's, it's this remarkable instruction manual for learning how to work with the material. 
of these body, mind, and heart, of this body, mind, and heart right here. And the more we practice with these instructions, the more we find a certain kind of confidence and ease with working with the material. As deep as the muck was on Monday, I never had any question I, would, I wouldn't find my way out of it. I've practiced this enough that I knew if I just kept opening, the opening that I could get some traction with would come and would be there. That's when we, when we start to become um, the more skilled craftsperson that we can actually start to have some faith and some trust in the material that we're working with when we understand um, the material, the body, mind, heart, and the way that it opens. And these instructions um, um, set us absolutely in this direction the more we gauge with them, engage with them. And this is just, you know, basic neuroplasticity, um, only recently named in the West, but described clearly by the Buddha 2,500 years ago. We shape our minds always by how we're mentally feeding ourselves, how we're working with our minds, or how we're not. Um, constant shaping. That's not just the insight of the Buddha, but it's, it's the basic insight of all spiritual traditions that if we, if we direct ourselves um, in alignment with a core set of ethics or values um, um, uh, in a way that matter, um, something does begin to shape and change in our life. And when we practice with this long enough, we start to know other moments. That it's not the skilled craftsperson, like remembering what the instructions are and knowing how to follow the instructions and doing it. We really come to a place where it's more attuned to the artist, where the instructions have become second nature. Um, and they start to take on a life of their own and opening in the direction of this path, um, things begin to show up spontaneously that are naturally imbued with wisdom, with compassion, with wise understanding, and with a wise action that knows how to be um, with what's here in this moment now. That's when we really come to know something about a wholeness and a well-being that's already here, that's underneath the superficial reactivity that we live with so often in our day-to-day. -day. So these moments where, where there's a spontaneous understanding of wisdom, compassion, of right action really teaches us something more about the depths of being human. It's quite beautiful to begin to see. And it's right back to that, that interrelated being um, that this practice begins to bring us in touch with. So let's just pause here for a minute.
So if the intention of goodwill, compassion, letting go, renunciation, these intentions be useful in your life this week, how do you integrate them into your day? How do you remember to set yourself in this direction? What would that look like to find a way to weave this in to your day-to-day world just as it is? Thank you.